Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Welcome to our Good Friday service. I've often said, um, Good Friday is a terrible name. It can only be called that by someone who knows the end. Because that Friday was not a good day. When the sun went down, it became the darkest of days, especially for those who called Jesus their friend. In their minds, the story was not supposed to end this way. If they had the power to change things, they would have rewritten the ending. Uh, For the disciples and the followers of Jesus, uh, they were all in disbelief because the story wasn't to end in a death. It was supposed to end with a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. They didn't follow him for three years to have it all end this way. Now, what do they do? And the one person they put their hope in has left. And now fear has filled the void that was once occupied with hope. As some of you know what that's like. You had dreams and, and, well, and they vanished before your eyes. You had plans and and they quickly came to an end. Uh, You imagined a future with someone and it all went up in smoke. Uh, You had employment last week and and now just an EI check this week. Uh, Last week your whole family was healthy. This week you you lost someone you loved uh, and you were left devastated. See, life wasn't supposed to be played out that way. And once where there was hope, fear has crept in. How does one fear less in situation and circumstances like this? Well, that's exactly how the disciples felt when Jesus breathed his last breath on that cross. It was over, but it wasn't supposed to end that way. The story of Good Friday really begins about 33 years earlier when an extraordinary birth took place. God became a man, born with humble surroundings and a manger. The story is is so incredible, it's almost hard for the human mind to comprehend the reality of this event. 33 years before the cross, a rescue story begins to be unfolded. And the cross is the evidence, the proof that God's love story of a savior for mankind was really a rescue mission. And tonight we focus on that day when God suspended himself on a cross, the cross, the forgiveness of our sins, mine, yours, ours. A week earlier, no one saw this coming. It was a turning of events. In fact, 24 hours earlier, no one saw this coming because no one expected that kind of ending. The road that led to the cross was excruciating for a number of reasons. Physically exhausting as he endured an enormous amount of suffering by the hands of executors. Emotionally exhausting as he watched his friends deny him and and run for cover. Mentally exhausting as he watched his mother tormented by seeing her son whipped and and beaten with a a crown of thorns pressed down on his head. And spiritually exhausting when God turned his back on his own son. You understand why I say it's hard for the human mind to comprehend God's love for us that would allow his own son to suffer with such agony. But that's what we remember today. No wonder Paul called the cross the core of the gospel. If the account is true, it's mankind's greatest rescue story, period. If not, it's history's greatest hoax. 
That's why the cross is what really matters. See, for six hours, Jesus hung on a cross. For six hours on one Friday, God is on a cross. Why would anyone refer to that Friday as good? His own countrymen clamored for his death. His own disciples planted a, a, a kiss of betrayal. His own friends ran for cover, and now his own father is beginning to turn his back on him, leaving him all alone. And the one who has the right to condemn us provides a way to acquit us. That Friday made all the difference in the world. And this evening we remember. We remember what was done for us on a cruel wooden cross. Tonight, as we share communion together, it feels very different. I mean, we normally gather together physically and share this moment. But tonight, in many ways, we're doing communion like the early church when they gathered in people's homes. Earlier this week, we, we uh, shared with you to get some supplies together, something to drink, um, maybe a, a piece of bread or a cracker. For those who have children, we, we sent out some information how to explain it uh, to your children because for some of you, maybe this will be the first time that your children have seen you uh, take a communion. It's gonna be very special tonight and I wanna read a little bit of the story uh, that goes along with it. So if you have your supplies ready, listen as I read from the book of Matthew. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, well, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm gonna celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, well, surely not I, Lord, surely not I. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. And the Son of God will will go just as is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread and, and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That's what took place that last night with Jesus and his disciples. A choice is demanded. We can do what we want with the cross. We can examine its history. We can study its theology. We can reflect on its prophecies. Yet the one thing that we can't do is a walk away 
and neutral. The sinless one took on the face of a sinner so that we sinners could take on the face of a saint. I mean, ponder that just for a moment. Ponder this now. Were ropes really even necessary to tie the hands of Jesus as soldiers led him to the cross? Was a mob of angry people and a trial before Pilate necessary? I mean, if none of those things were in place, would this event of the cross have taken place? I think it would have. I think it still would have ended the same way because I think Jesus would have nailed himself to the cross in order to offer the forgiveness of sin. See, that's the kind of love that we're talking about this evening. The cross did what you and I could never do. It granted us the right to talk with God and to ask for forgiveness of our sins. Well, we just can't do that by ourselves. And it really doesn't matter how many worship services you attend or good deeds that you do, our, our goodness is insufficient. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we were in desperate need for Jesus to hang on that cross for six hours. And where fear resides, hope can overcome. When there is hope, there is no vacancy for fear to move in. And hope allows us to fear less. You can't just go to the cross with just your head and not your heart. It just doesn't work that way. Calvary is not a mental trip. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not a divine calculation or a cold theological principle. See, his final words were, it is finished. The mission was completed. And all that God needed to do was done. And boy, it was done in splendor. His creation could now come home. The greatest man in history had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degrees, yet they called him teacher. Had no um, medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet fear, uh, kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. And he committed no crimes, yet they crucified him. And he was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. And his name is Jesus. How great is that love? Thanks for listening. And consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no